Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Hey y'all, I am bubbling over with excitement because we have our first ever guest who's not my sisters here today, my friend Stephanie, and we're gonna be talking about leading from the pussy. A little bit of background. I met Stephanie a few weeks ago at one of her events and I had no context for it, but you all know that I love talking about sex. I've been really into exploring my own self-pleasure and lack of success in self-pleasure and trying to learn it. And so when I witnessed the magic she creates at her events, talking to women who are empowered and about their bodies and reconnecting with their body, I just knew she had to come on Tigress. And it's very fitting because she is the founder of Lioness. So you're sitting here listening to Lioness and Tigress, which I love. Anyways, Hi, Stephanie. Hi. Tell us, like, who you are. Like, what do you call yourself? Are you a life coach? Are you a pleasure coach? Yeah, I call myself a sex and leadership coach. Uh, I have a company, Lioness, and we're an underground society for women leaders. And my whole mission is helping women step into their power, but through pleasure, through their body, using their sex, right? Like, to ask for what they want and all of that. So it fuels how they show up as leaders. And have you always, like, from the beginning of of your career, been in touch with, like, leading from pleasure? Or is this something that kind of came you know, after the beginning of your career? Oh my God, no, definitely not. It's about (laughs) like eight years in the making from my own journey. Everything that I do in my life is sort of from my own journey. So uh, I was a coach at the time, organizational development, working inside companies and um, very heart-centered, all purpose-driven. And I had zero connection to my pussy, zero connection to what I knew, what I liked, all of this. And so I went on this journey, um, influenced a lot by my teacher and friend, Mama Gina, and really about reclaiming what it means to be a feminine, sexually empowered woman. And along with that is facing a lot of your fears and all of this. So I went on this journey. And when I started to tune into who I was as this more empowered woman, I was like, fucking hell, everyone needs this, right? <laughs> so um, I, I think on the outside, when you would have seen me eight years ago, it would have been, seemed very successful. I looked good, had the relationship, had the career, making the money, right? Like had all of the success. And yet inside, I was super sort of filled with constant self-doubt, um, never trusted myself. All of this really like had an inner world that didn't that didn't look like the outer world. And so a lot of it was reclaiming and stepping in and and reshaping what my inner world looked like. And when you say pussy, like what is pussy to you? Okay. I mean, pussy can be a lot of things. (laughs) And and I think for anyone listening to, if you're hearing this for the first time or you don't use that word, it could be like, uh, right? Like pussy, I view pussy both as a, like the anatomy, right? of our vagina, our vulva, all of that, but also as a metaphor for life, right? This is actually our center. It is the place where women, if they choose to, can create life. It is like the most powerful place inside of a woman, yet so many of us are shut off from it, right? So when I say pussy, I mean like the greatest, like the most sacred place inside of a woman. Okay. And does it like pertain to 
like beyond gender and sex, like a man leading from pussy, you know, or is it specifically like tied to anatomy for you? It's not tied to anatomy. My work specifically is for um, female identifying people and people that really um, are attuned to that. Um, But uh, so I I can't speak about the men. Um, But I would say, yeah, pussy for me is it kind of represents all of that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it was, it was so powerful for me to hear you use the word pussy because I feel like for me in pop culture, but also growing up, like pussy was always used as an insult, right? Like don't be such a pussy. Or it was used in like a really kind of cringy way, at least in my opinion, like yeah. I felt cringed out when someone said like, oh, I want to fuck your pussy, right? And so for me, when I heard you say it and it was like lead from the pussy, I, I was like, oh shit, like I love that. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of surprising to me because it was so not the meaning of pussy that I feel like I was conditioned to follow, mm-hmm. right? And and yeah, I think, so one of the things I was really curious about to get your take on is like a lot of what we talk about with Tigress is learning more about yourself, kind of always being in this, you know, understanding of improving and unlearning and learning and like trusting your instinct, right? Mm-hmm. And like, how would you like kind of describe instinct versus leading from pussy? Interesting. Okay, so I would say like pussy, if we take it out of the anatomy for a second, is our deepest knowing. It is mm-hmm. our instinct, right? And so many of us are disconnected from our instinct. We don't trust and all of that. So um, that as a groundwork. But I would also, the thing I want to say is if you actually look at our anatomy, right? Our clitoris. Our clitoris's only job is for pleasure. It has 8,000 nerve endings on it. And uh, a man has 4,000 nerve endings on his cock, just to put it into perspective. And pleasure, right? We are designed for pleasure. And so um, yet pleasure is the thing that most women put last. Oh, until I do my job, until I um, until I, you know, work so hard or feed my kids or like everything else gets put before a woman's pleasure, but we're actually designed for it. And when it, what is, how's your relationship with pleasure like evolved as you've been doing this work? Yeah. So, I mean, like 10 years ago, I would like, it was like sex was like, my pleasure was kind of for other people. And in, it was like something I gave away. Mm-hmm. And so in the course of my years and my work and my evolution, um, it's uh, starting to understand the nuances of my body of like, what do I actually like? What, what are the things, what kind of touch do I like? What kind of things make me feel good? So really understanding that. I remember you, like when we had our session, you talked about like pleasure research, which I love that term too, of like understanding what you like and what you don't like. And I'm curious if you're open to it, like sharing, you know, where does someone start, right? Where does someone say like, how do I even look? Do I start looking at websites? Do I start, you know, playing with myself? How would you encourage someone to like start doing their own pleasure research? Yeah. When it comes to the body? Yeah. But also like life. Life. Okay. I just want to say that like Mama Gina has coined the term pussy uh, pleasure research and it's fucking amazing because it's literally like I'll start I'll start in life. I don't know where I want to live. Where should I live? I don't know what my next thing is like. Okay. How can you do pleasure research, right? How can you say, let me go to LA and see what it feels like to live in LA. Let me check out Austin, right? Like, so how do you like not have, like the decision doesn't have to be final. We get to learn. So when you put it in research terms, there's no like right or wrong. I think so many women and and men, but we get an analysis paralysis, right? Like I'm going to make the wrong decision. So I think that's like number one. 
But when it comes to the body, try shit. Yeah. You know, like, all right, what does it feel like a light touch on my arms? Like, what does that actually, do I like the sensation of that? Um, oh, actually, I like it harder. I like scratching feelings, right? We're not going to know yeah. unless we try. Yeah. And so you could grab, so like there, practically, you could do it with your partner if you have one. You could do it alone. You know, you could do it um, with girlfriends and there, right? So even like, maybe I like a vibrator on my pussy. Maybe I like the sensation on my chest and my yeah. breast, right? Like, so just trying stuff with no other objective other than, than figuring out your body. Yeah. And when you were younger, is this something you were open to and figuring, like touching your body, comfortable with your body growing up? So my, I, in some ways I was comfortable with myself, but in some ways I just had no connection to that part, right? Like I was, um, I grew up in a medical mm -hmm. family. And so like everything was medical and medical purposes, right? So I had no concept of understanding even like that was a part of my body that was for pleasure. You know, I yeah. would like explore in the bath and stuff like that, but yeah. I didn't really. I look back a lot at my younger years and I think about when I first started feeling pleasure sensations, right? And I've been thinking a lot and talking on Tigris about like my own pleasure research per se. Yeah. And I feel like I've always had this fear of figuring out what I like, like it's not allowed, right? Mm. And in many ways, I feel like it's kind of because I learned that my body was not really for me, right? Mm -hmm. It was for other people. And, you know, I think growing up with sexual abuse in my family too, any sensations around there, I learned to not really associate with good things. And it wasn't until a few years ago that I started to really experience pleasure with someone else because I finally found myself in relationships where I felt safe first and foremost. Mm. But I think even now when I'm on my own and I'm like, okay, what do I like? What I, what do I don't like? There's this voice in my head that says, Oh, it's like a waste of time to spend time, for example, masturbating. Right. Like to me, I think I have this, I have this kind of time tick in my head where I'll give myself an allocated amount of time and so then I'm kind of like, okay, I have this much time. And if I don't make myself orgasm, then it's not a good use of time. Mm. And then I kind of have this obsession with, okay, my body's not working. Okay, mm -hmm. I should be doing something else. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's just not for me. And I think I have all of these different kind of self-doubt thoughts that go in my mind where I'm, I don't really lean into it. But it's interesting because I feel like I'm able to really lean into pleasure, like the concept of pleasure and following my gut instinct and my truest knowing when it comes to work, right? Like right. work is where I feel like I feel empowered. And even though I have imposter syndrome or doubt, I'm really able to cope with it. Mm. But it's fascinating for me, like looking at my own life, because then I'm like, oh, but then when I'm by myself and when I should be maybe the most empowered because it's just my internal voice, that's when I feel the most disempowered, mm. right? And right. It's, it's like you're faced with your shame. Exactly. Yeah. And it's it's something that as I've talked to other female founders, I hear a lot of them say the same thing. Right. Because when they present themselves to the public world and they have to work and they feel that they're fighting against all of these different double standards, even if they're not truly feeling confident, they put on the facade that they are. Right. Mm -hmm. And then when they're by themselves and all of that is gone, it's kind of your true by yourself moment is when you have the insecurities come up. Right. Mm -hmm. And I was curious, is that something you see in your work? Like, am I alone in this? Mm -hmm. Is this something you see all the time? You are not alone, especially <laughs> for very like successful, ambitious people, humans in the world. Right. Like orgasm requires us to slow down yeah, and be in our sensations and be in our body. 
and like and be in a place of receiving and that's a super vulnerable place right it requires you to be open to things and so if there's shame if there's stories it's gonna show up so it's sort of natural of like the oh I have five minutes let me go orgasm right it's like fucking like that's like the patriarchal bullshit of like let's get to a goal like the, the feminine and the pleasure and all of that is about being in a state of receptivity. But often if you're, if you have stuff there and you open yourself to receptivity, all the shit's going to come out. Yeah. Right. So I would say also just like for you and for anyone who's out there struggling and like, I can't get to it. I can't get to it. You might need to cry, scream, rage. Like, I just want to say there's a lot of dark shit that can actually get you to pleasure. There's, yeah. there's two different paths to pleasure. There's like one of doing the pleasurable things, but the other one more common is going through the dark stuff and like facing that, like the only way out, like the only way through is in, right? Like yeah. all of that. And then, then you can get to pleasure on the other side, but so often we don't want to feel that. So then we're like, oh, I, we shut down on that part. And then like, we're mad at myself because I can't feel it on this part. Right. So it's, I think just a different way to look at it, but yeah. you're not alone. <laughs> I mean, I think a lot of it ties back to the patriarchy too, right. Of like, is sex for me? Is pleasure for me? Is it, or is it performative? Is it serving some higher goal or utility? Right. Yeah. And um, yeah, I think that there, it, it's something where like I, like I'm very lucky to be in a workspace where, you know, I'm a CEO and most of my team are menstruating, you know, identifying as women. Yeah. And we're talking about body literacy the whole time. Right. But I still feel like I watch my friends go through more corporate jobs, too. And to them, it's kind of this you have to close off your emotions. You close off the, you know, compassion or elements that would be described as more feminine, you know, feminine elements in order to serve this higher, like capitalist power. Right. Yeah. And I mean, that's why I was so curious to kind of hear more about your work too, because I I know that you work with so many women who are really high up in corporate positions and everything. And how do you think that they're like, how have you seen like, okay, tapping into being able to lead from your pussy then translating into changing systems, you know, building better teams, like success in that workspace as well. Yeah, I have so many things I want to say to you. I'm like, oh my God, where's the laundry list? But um, first of all, this might be edgy to say, but I find most women in power are not in power. You know, like most women who are out there fucking hustling, grinding, working themselves to the bone, not taking care of themselves, you know, like, like, killing themselves on the inside, right, to kind of like get that outer success are shut off from their actual power source. So I think that that like number one, that's a, that's a fact and that's my mission, right? And it's like, hey, the power source happens to be inside of our body. Mm. And so, so there's that. The other thing is a turned on woman. I want to talk about a turned on woman, right? If you can picture right now a woman who's hustling, not paying attention to herself, not taking care of herself, working 150 fucking hours and this and like there, how she looks inside of her body in her being is very different from the woman that walks in the room who has joy on the inside, who's taking care of herself, is taking care of her soul and is glowing. Right. We want that. That's my mission. I want women to glow. And when you're like coming from a place of like you're fucking radiating in the world and you're glowing, that's when you get influence. That's when you actually magnetize. That's when work becomes easier. That's when you're more in tune with your intuition. You can answer questions easier. Right. Like all of that stuff. So I connect it in that way. So it's like, yes, I want women to like 
feel good about their sex, feel mm-hmm. empowered in their money. But like, I want women to feel so fucking good that they're just like a bright ass light walking through the world. Right. So that people naturally want to follow them. Yeah. And I mean, for most people, they hear turned on and they think of it in a sexual way. How do you think of it? Thank you for asking. Um, glowing, like a glowing, a woman who knows herself, a woman who knows what she wants. Like if you know how to ask for what you want in the bedroom, you probably know how to ask for what you want in the boardroom, right? Like there is a, there's a connection there. Do you feel like being turned on and doing that work and, you know, finding that glow, do you feel like it's, um, can work in harmony with also like working in a corporate capitalist system? Or because I'm always fascinated by like, I want to adopt all these different values and take care of myself. But I do have sometimes that internal like mind conflict where I'm like, but I'm living in a system that doesn't promote that. Right. And how do I both work within the system to change it while also knowing that sometimes you end up adopting these unhealthy habits because I am living in a system where it encourages you to not take breaks and work as much as possible. Right. So you know, and this is where I try to like balance my, you know, being a for-profit company and also trying to reimagine capitalism because capitalism is, you know, patriarchy are so intertwined, right? Like how much of this is turning myself on, leading from the pussy, knowing my body, taking care of myself and, and like maybe using that to empower myself to play into the system, to change it, or is it saying, fuck the system, I'm living by different rules and valuing different things. And I'm slowing down the acceleration of what quote unquote success I might see in that structure. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Great, great. First of all, I think patriarchy lives inside of us. So it's not just the systems that we live in. It's the actual way that we have been built and belief about ourselves. Um, I mean, even talking about money, you know, like women weren't even allowed to own like credit, have a, get a credit line alone. Um, 1984 was when women were allowed to get like, like we are still, we are living in systems that are not for us. Right. And that that they are ingrained inside of us, coming from our culture, coming from our parents. And so until we undo them inside of us, we're not going to undo them outside of there. Right. And so just to give you an example, my whole company is based on the feminine. And you better fucking believe we are like focused on money, focused on impact, focused on like, you know, growth, all these kind of like masculine, whatever, you know, things to have success. But how it happens is through fun. How it happens is through sisterhood. How it happens, like, we don't start any any meeting. I have seven women on my team. We don't start any meeting without a dance party and some brags, right? And then we sit down. And so it's like, and if someone's, like, having a bad day, we give them space to go feel what they need to feel so that they can come back. So, like, here's the thing. If we don't, and part of when I talk about when I talk about pleasure is not just, like, happy, good stuff. It's about being able to, like, face our darker stuff and darker mm-hmm. emotions. So it's like, imagine you're pissed off about something and you come into a meeting and you're fucking pissed off and you're trying to lead this meeting and you got rage and anger inside of you versus option one, you lead that meeting that way. Option two, you have a way you get embodied. You feel your feelings. You go and you like kind of get into a place where you just like let yourself feel. And then you come back into a meeting, not charged. And you lead that meeting, that same meeting, that's quantum impact right there. Yeah. And do you think that like getting into your body, right? So say practice is directly led to, ple- led to pleasure. Are you, is, I feel like I hear kind of suggestion, oh, if I have that tension, I should go masturbate, pleasure myself, find that pleasure and then come back to it. Mm. Or is it totally separate? No, I mean, they're, they're not totally separate, but like 
if you feel really mad and you're about to walk into a meeting where it's really important, the things that you say are going to be important, I would encourage you if we were working together and then you called me, you just called me and you were like, yo, Steph, what should I do? I'd be like, go scream into a pillow, go put on a song and like dance out your rage and then come back. Right. So it's like, it's be knowing what your body needs. Yeah. Right. So it's like so many of us are living head up mm-hmm. and not actually even sure we're checked out of our bodies. So yeah. most of the time our body list like actually holds the key to everything. Every single experience we've ever had is stored inside of our body. Kind of taking it to your business, mm-hmm. right? What is the reason most women come to you? Like, is it they are burnt out? They are having trouble with their sex life. Like, what is kind of the pivotal moment where they're like, okay, I need Lioness. I need Stephanie. Yeah, good. Um, burnt out, disconnected from themselves, living out of alignment, like, or just like have all the things and the success metrics, but like totally not liking it. Um wanting to do things differently, women who are just like done with the hustle, but still ambitious, still want to create things, still want to really lead, but um, want to do it in a different way. Okay. And when someone comes to you, I know, talk a little bit about how Lioness works, right? You have your individual coaching and then you have groups and the den. What are all the different facets of Lioness? Yeah, cool. Um, I have, so I do one-on-one coaching. This is where I'm really an advisor to women who are leading, but we take all these different approaches. That's one-on-one. I do these VIP days. So this is like a 36 hour um, whole day where we dive into strategy and somatic work and anything a woman wants to work on. And then also for people who want to kind of get ready and sort of dip their toes in, I have a program, an online program called The Den. And this is all about where we learn feminine intelligence, this whole modality that I've created. Um, It's a six-week program um, online and uh, where you can kind of start to learn the the key tenets of the work. And then you also have your events, right, where you're facilitating. I have. So then we host these dinners behind closed doors. These are really amazing, um, sexy dinners for women leaders who want a space to just, like, get out of the work mode. Um, And then I do a more intense mastermind. This is my sort of most, like, intensive uh, program for women who want to go deep in the work. Yeah. And uh, when I attended one of your behind closed doors dinners, there were certain rules, right? Um, And like the concept of bragging, which you just mentioned as well. Can you talk a little bit about those and, you know, why you do them? Sure, sure, sure. So uh, anything that any uh, anyone ever comes to of mine, we always start with bragging, right? And this is a word that's sort of we're told never to do as women. And yet, um, when we don't celebrate ourselves as women and together and collectively, um, we're not giving each other examples of what's possible, right? Mm-hmm. So bragging, celebrating. And like I always say, sometimes bragging is about um, getting out of bed. Sometimes it's a big deal when we feel like shit. The fact that we get out of bed is a big deal. And sometimes making landing that million dollar deal is a big deal, right? So like this idea of start celebrating yourself every single place that you are. If you're feeling pissed, start celebrating yourself, right? So all of that. So we do bragging. Um, We do one rule around you're not allowed to serve yourself. Uh, And this is uh, because women, it's a practice of asking for what you want and being able to articulate exactly what you want because so many of us are, are not good at it, you know, or will ask for something broad but really want something specific. And so it's learning that. Those are yeah. the two big ones. I will say the serve yourself one is the, was one of the most awkward experiences I've had yeah. in the last year. So for context, like it's a dinner, right? And so it's family style food. And if you want to eat anything on your plate, 
you have to ask for it. And I just remember you explained you have to be really specific. If you don't want your peas touching your mashed potatoes, you have to say that, right? If you want one meatball, not two meatballs, you have to say it. And I just remember being so anxious, yeah. right? And um, I was sitting next to someone who has come to many of your things. And she it was she was so great, like kind of a big sister as we were going about it. Because I just remember being like, I really want another ravioli. How do I ask for it? When do I ask for it? Is it an inconvenience to them? And it was, I think that the serve yourself thing was something I had never done before. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save money on your insurance? Of course you would. After all, who wouldn't love a great deal, right? And when it comes to great rates on insurance for all of the things in your life, GEICO can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners, condo, or renters coverage. You could save even more with a special discount when you bundle your coverages. Plus, add the easy-to-use GEICO mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more. And choosing to switch to GEICO becomes an easy choice. Switch to and see all the ways you could save with great rates and discounts. It's easy. Simply go to geico.com to get a rate quote or contact your local agent and get started seeing how much you could save. This show is part of the Pro-Democracy Podcast Coalition. I think most of us agree that in a functioning democracy, the winner should be determined by the voters. Well, that almost didn't happen in 2020. Now, extremists are working to intimidate and replace nonpartisan election workers with quote-unquote yes-men who might reject election results. The only thing that will stop them is us. We've partnered with the grassroots pro-democracy organization, Represent Us, to give you the tools you need to protect free and fair elections. Learn more and get involved. Visit represent.us slash pod to learn more. Right. Because I've always been like, no, I'm just going to serve myself. I don't want to ask anybody for anything. Exactly. Exactly. So that's the point, right? It's like we don't ask for yeah. shit. And like, so imagine like bringing it back to the body. If you're like, can you touch my neck? It's very different yeah. than can you lightly stroke my collarbone? Yeah. Or can you choke me? Or can yeah. you um, like, you know, use pressure, right? So it's like how we even ask for things is different. And, and it's actually a gift. Getting specific with what you want is a gift to the other person. It's like, imagine if I asked you, I said, you know, if I was like, Nadia, can you, um, can you, can you touch my arm? And, um, you were like, sure. And you like slapped my arm. And I was like, actually, I meant like a, a really light touch. It's, it's so much better for you yeah. for me to get specific. So you then can give me what I want, right? It's a gift for everyone. Yeah. No, I, th- I thought it was really powerful because I also looking around at other, you know, high power corporate, you know, or entrepreneur or even influencers and seeing like their discomfort too, right. Of recognizing that kind of cringy, like being hungry and not served. But then by the end of the dinner, I feel like getting a lot more comfortable asking with what you want. Um, that exercise is something that I feel like I've never had really experienced. Yeah. And I've never phrased it this way and you just like landed it being hungry and not served is how many women are operating in the world. Yeah. You know, hungry and not served. How do you think that, you know, cis men on the other hand, do you feel like this, that would be an exercise, no problem having, or do you feel like, you know, patriarchy or otherwise would maybe teach them to demand it from others? Like, What's the flip side of this? Um, I would say that 
cis men, other humans, right? Like it's, this is not an easy task for anyone, right? Like we are without getting into like the history necessarily, we're like just underdeveloped in feminine practices. And we are very focused on kind of hustle and grind and moving forward and just like this more stressful culture, one that doesn't value pleasure, one that doesn't value some of these things, right? So everyone is being affected by it. Um, so I see it in both, uh, in both, in all genders. Yeah, yeah. And when you, with the bragging practice, right, you have the response, well, brag. Can you tell yeah. us a little bit about that? Yeah. How did that come about? So this is a tool that my, that Mama Gina uses and, um, it is one that has transformed everything. And so from, from her practice, it was very much like, again, well bragged. How do we celebrate ourselves? How do we celebrate each other? Yeah. I'm constantly doing that. Um, I also wanted to say something too um, about learning your own body. It's like kind of a sidetrack, but I don't, I don't want to miss it. Is um, There is a, so I'm a, a, a certified coach in a, uh, modality called erotic blueprints. Mm -hmm. And this is like the Myers-Briggs for your sex types. So, um, and there's five different blueprints, the sexual, sensual, energetic, kinky, and shapeshifter. And it's a quiz you can take online and it allows you to understand what kind of body you have and what kind of like things that your body might like. So, which is a helpful tool in understanding and your body. Okay, so we all have to go figure out our erotic blueprints. Erotic blueprints, exactly. <laughs> that might be my follow-up episode. Hey, y'all, I figured out my erotic blueprints. Exactly, exactly. That's fine. And what is it directly linked to? We should have to? somewhere like to, to yeah. do the erotic blueprints on you. So is it a quiz? It's a quiz or is it like a what day were you born? It's a quiz. Okay. It's a quiz. Like, so they like take you through a whole thing of like, do you like this more, this more, this more? Yeah. And like, it comes up with an equation and you understand like, for instance, my body is an energetic sensual, which means that, um, I really respond to energy, right? So, so space is really important to me. Mm. So like getting in, in contact with someone or like, especially in my pleasure, I need a lot of space and a lot of time. If someone were to come right at me, I would completely shut down. Yeah. Right. And so sensual is like somebody who's more very in tune with the senses. So like the right music matters, the right lighting matters, the right. This, so, so when that's off, I get thrown off. Right. So it's just a good tool to help you understand. Yeah. The body. I feel like, I mean, you to me, I'm like, are the ultimate inspiration of knowing what you like being in your body. And I feel like as other women do the work, you're, you know, you, the work that you give and knowing what they like and, you know, being able to advocate for their want. Doesn't it make it really hard to find you know, dating partners who haven't done that work. Right. And fine. I feel like for me in my past relationships, not the one I'm in now, all my relationships ended because I was too successful. They got intimidated. They felt that they were left behind and there was that disconnect that eventually hurt the relationship. Mm. Right. And so I'm curious, like how does doing the work, you know, how do you then, I feel like men need their own training yeah. to learn how to respect feminine goddesses. Yeah. Yeah. Good question. Well, I think a couple of things happen when a woman's truly in her power is she softens. Mm -hmm. So it's not just like, right. It's just like, I don't have to overpower. I don't have to dominate just because you know what you want does not mean that mm. I'm going to overpower you. And also again, going back to the, it's, it's helpful when somebody knows, right? And so when there's, I mean, this is a whole topic in itself. Like, how do you like train the people around you yeah. to help you? But there, like, there's some magic that happens when a woman truly, it's like she softens. And so that like creates the polarity that's needed. Yeah. I mean, that's, I think, something that 
um, I know other executive coaches, like my former executive coach told me that she's been working on with her company is like, you empower the woman, but then you have to like train the people around her to like respect that leadership. Right. Right. And so I was kind of thinking about it in that context oh, too, yeah. right? Like you have this really empowered woman in her body and the people around her are kind of stagnant, you know? So something really magical happens when a woman really tunes back into herself. She automatically wants to help others. So it's, it was happened in my work, right? Like when I came when I experienced this shift inside of me, I was like, fuck, everyone, every little like living person needs to experience the freedom that I feel, right? Mm -hmm. So it is like, I think it's a natural evolution. So once you unlock inside yourself, it's 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 not easy, but it's it's very motivating to want to help others. And this moment of unlock, right? When did that happen for you? It was probably a few months. Um it was kind of right when I was had a small small baby at home, um, doing this work with Mama Gina. It was I was hosting women's circles and really kind of coming terms to my truth. So it's almost like the more the more that I came, like the more I got really truthful with what was truly happening, not just the image I wanted to show in the world. It's when the like shame around it began to dissipate. So I think it. I mean, it's it's always happening, but like mm -hmm. it was really a kind of six month period. A six month period, and then it was like a light switch. Yeah, and it. it was like this is too fucking fun and too amazing, and like I just like I can't not share it. And beyond your career, how did that light switch like change your life? It's changed every single area of my life. Um, how I parent was like I, you know, my parenting philosophy is me first, um, which is pretty radical, you know. Um, so. I do what I need to do for my fulfillment and my joy and my like connection to myself before I go to my son, before I, you know, my daughter, right? Like I actually have ch showed them what it means to be a woman who's happy, right? Like, so for instance, I journal every single morning and my son knows that no one goes to mommy until she's done journaling, right? So he sees me, I travel a lot and like I made that critical, right? So I did not change my life to fit into the old school model of parenting. I really crafted my parenting journey around my desires and fit him into that. Mm. Uh, work, my whole work is just like built on outrageousness, fun and impact and all of these things, right? I only choose to work with, I only choose, choose, humans that I like working with and that, you know, I feel resonance with. So I'm really tuned into that. Um, how I, um, like my money strategy is like all around, like my joy and my pleasure. What kind of life do I want to mm -hmm. live? How do I build around that? Um, my friends, like I really only stand for depth and fun and like women who are on this journey. Right. So a lot of the, um, different people that weren't fitting into that model, they kind of like the way I vacation, the way, like literally every single aspect it's almost like once we light switch on you know you know or how i have sex like everything yeah. then you're like oh wow okay i got this in alignment once you start getting in alignment and like with your truth and what with your desires then you're like oh shit my 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 parenting sucks right you start mm -hmm. to see where it's not thriving and it, it kind of like systemically goes through and how did it change your relationship with sex well, it became sex was for me and pleasure mm -hmm. was for me and being okay with once I learned my body through the erotic blueprints, through the work around pussy, like it was like, oh, actually, this is what I like. And so I'm able to change. I'm able to um, help my husband really or, you know, mm -hmm. give me what I want, not 
not what he wants, right? And so it's like kind of starts with me. And what's your relation? I'm curious if you're open to sharing like what your relationship is with sex now. Um, Especially like as a long-term relationship, you know? Yeah. So I like... I use sex and, and orgasm and pleasure to fuel everything I want, right? There's a practice I do a lot called sex magic, which mm-hmm. is around how we use our orgasm to actually um, set our vision in the world. So I like combine a lot of stuff around sex in that way. Um, I, uh, I just have more fun. It's more fluid. It's more in my power, right? I say no when I don't want to. I say yes when I do, right? Like I don't, nothing is, nothing happens out of like shame or obligation. Mm-hmm. And is it like a daily practice? I do some sort of pleasure, some, mm-hmm. something every single day. Yeah. Yeah. But like it could be, you know, a dance party before I start my day. It could be, a, you know, I, I was writing the other day and it was like, I had the fucking busiest day. And what did I do? I took a bath. I played some music. I danced. I did, like I didn't start until ten thirty. Yeah. Except you know, and I got every single thing done right. So it is just like it is the fuel to my whole life. See, this is what I feel like we everybody should do, and I feel like my homework from this or yeah. play fun work. Yeah. Is like trying to do something pleasurable once a day, right? Because Please. I think that for me, I always allocate like. Saturday afternoons, I'm going to do something, you know, like, no. it's like a, I allocate a specific you're time. You're going to text me. That's what you're going to do. Yeah. You're going to text me. And now you've just like put yourself on the line <laughs> and every single morning or day, you're going to say like, here's what I did. I also feel like even <laughs> sex too. Like I, I find myself going through moments where like I have an urge for pleasure and then I'm like, no, I'm too busy right now. Right. Yeah. It's not a priority for me. Yeah. But then I also feel like even with sex drive, right? Like I think that sex drive is something that sometimes I've toned down. Um, and I feel like I also go through periods where I'm like, have no sex drive whatsoever. Yeah. And then I have days where I'm like all about it. Yeah. 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 Which is maybe related to like being on antidepressants. Right. Too, you right. Know? No, there's a whole bunch of things from like what we eat to the medicines we're on to yeah. like stress. You know, if we're too stressed and overworking, it's not going to be accessible. Right. We, this is where why releasing stuff, emotions, crying. There's actually yeah. did you know there's something called a uh, crygasm? No. Right. Like you can literally have an orgasm while crying. I didn't even know that there was a sex there's a, magic. There's a thing. Exactly. There's a lot. We need like a lot of time here. Like, and so, um, but like, so this is where we think of like, sex is not like, you know, one version, like, yeah. like we see on porn. Yeah. Like we're all fucked up on what it actually means. There's so much variety on, on being a sort of turned on woman. But yes, I'm just going to say you are held accountable. You have just (laughs) every day you have to do something pleasurable and not just, and I would encourage you to not think about it as like an extra thing to do. Yeah. Like we don't, you don't need another thing on your to-do list, but rather as the fuel for Mm -hmm. everything you do, like a car, right? We got the car. We have our, the vehicle that drives that's like getting us somewhere that's action oriented, but we also need fuel. And like, where is your fuel coming from? Is your fuel coming from overwork and burnout and self-doubt and getting shit done and grinding yourself to the ground? Or is your fuel coming from like your joy and your ease, all of that, right? So that's how I like to think about it. Mm. There's something else that I really was on my like top list of what I wanted to talk to you about. And that's like creating safe community for Mm. women. And, you know, with my work on August, like we're a community led brand where we're all about community. Everything we do is with the community, any product decisions, brand decisions. 
And building this online community has been a lot of community moderation, trial and error, figuring out how do you maintain a space that's psychologically safe for everyone to do collective healing and learning, learning together. Right? Yeah. And in your groups, and I think I experienced this at your group too, people do feel really empowered and open. And for me, being empowered is like sharing more of my story, right? Mm -hmm. Like I think there's a reason why I have a podcast and why I spend so much of my life on social media is like, I get a lot of power from sharing my story because it's my way of reclaiming it for myself, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. But I was curious because I think that, and I'm sure you remember when I was at your dinner, I also kind of ran into this thing around, do I need to share trigger warnings? And do other people get triggered when I share my story? Is that something I have to be mindful of, right? And I think that there are a lot of parallels because it's same around, I think, saying the word pussy, right? Like I say the word pussy and to me, now it's gonna be like an empowering thing, right? right? I lead from my pussy, but it could make people around you uncomfortable, right? And maybe I own my sex and I'm talking, I love talking about sex. Like it's to me kind of like the, every fun aspect of gossiping and having this internal, you know, circle, but like it's fun right mm -hmm. but also people uncom uncomfortable around you and I think that it was something I kept thinking about after your group because I felt so much guilt for potentially triggering someone else mm. by sharing my story mm. right and I think that it's this it's the same way around like even you know a lot of girls like I get a lot of messages around dress code right like I love showing my body and then I get shamed for it and then I have this guilt that I shouldn't do that mm. right and so I was curious to know from you like how do you balance that when you're running a freaking group right yeah. you're creating a vulnerable space and different people have different levels of comfort around talking about things like trauma, pleasure, sex. How do you manage that? Yeah, yeah, that's a really good question. Um, I mean, with really clear container rules, mm -hmm. right? Like everybody's welcome, all of that. The, the, uh, also allowing triggers to be in the space. Like we don't run from it, you know? So I think creating a space where everyone gets to feel how they feel. And, and normally our triggers are reflections of something that's happening internally right mm -hmm. so there's like growth opportunities so I the way I see resistance and anything that comes up I fucking welcome it like bring it triggered great mm -hmm. come here with your trigger and let's talk about it right no one is ashamed or like seen bad for for sharing their truth whether it's something vulnerable or something that they're triggered on right so creating that I've also been doing this a long time so I'm like yeah. I'm clear in my own body you know about how to how to hold it and when it's beyond my capacity um setting the container like you will be triggered I do a lot of hey welcome welcome to my to this group or this experience you are about to be triggered yeah. right like it's like welcome just to be prepared right so you like set people up and you prepare them and they right so I think there's a lot of that and then like you know being okay for it to go off the rails and being okay and trusting trusting that what is going to unfold is highest and best for everyone mm. right and so the one thing I would say for you like next time you're in something and you feel guilt call me again. <laughs> like, yeah. let's not like, don't let the guilt, the guilt's going to eat you alive, right? Guilt and self-sabotage, yeah. all that shit's bull. Like, so it happens when we're alone. And this is why so many of my things in containers are, are around sisterhood. Mm -hmm. When we go into the alone space, guilt, shame, I'm so bad. When we bring it out and which is what you're so good at, just like sharing the truth, it doesn't stay inside. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, sisterhood is everything to me. I don't have a lot of friends, but my younger sisters are like my everything. Yeah. And I think it's something I replicate a lot in my life. Like, I think it's why I'm obsessed with maybe periods and solidarity <laughs> around bodies and body literacy too. Um, why do you think it is that we, I, like I have my own philosophies. Like, why do you think we have a culture of like women tearing down other women, lack of sisterhood? 
Um, so many reasons. Yeah. Again, like patriarchy, like you look in back hundreds of years where women were ostracized for their actual power, right? So just like, you know, anything that felt witchy or sacred or that, right, like non-linear, non-religion based was just we were outcasted. So that was number one. Number two is we grew up and, and like it hasn't been that long like for women to be able to work. And when we, when we were allowed to work, it's like, okay, there's space for one woman, right? Like there is like this, this idea that there's only room for one is very like prominent in the patriarchy. The other idea is like in um, high school and you look back into our childhood so much, like you have to be the pretty girl, you have to be the cool girl, right? So it's just like comes from old, old wounds that we're still carrying as adult women. Mm. It's a lot of healing, active healing. So much healing, yeah. Um, I would love to kind of, kind of get towards closing up the conversation, mostly around sharing some of your wisdom around, like for all of our friends out there who, you know, are struggling finding that pleasure, right? We've talked a little bit about pleasure research and all of that, but like, what are some tactical things we can like challenge people or invite people to do? Yeah. Like Cause by the way, I did an episode about how I haven't made myself orgasm and it was like one of the most listened to episodes, but we got I was so nervous to share. I was like, I feel like I'm alone in this. Yeah. And that was one of the biggest moments of solidarity of seeing all these other women who are like, oh, I've never orgasmed. Like, I've just concluded that I'm never going to orgasm. Right? right. And it was one of the things that prompted me like, OK, we really need to keep talking about this. Yeah. Another separate episode yeah. on how to get you to orgasm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, no. So, well, I think that right there, right? Like there is one just sharing the truth of where you're at is like step one of like honesty with self of whatever it is in your relationship, in your body, in your love for yourself, in your work, whatever is sort of like truth for you, right? And sort of understanding your stories. Also looking into why do I, why do I believe these things? Mm. What are some old stories? A lot of times we have like subconscious beliefs. It's shameful. Don't do that because of this experience, right? So understanding that. So getting really, really clear on your, on your story and where you're at in this moment is really um, important sharing it with others, mm -hmm. right? The bravery to say the thing um, usually opens up so much doors for connection and realizing you're not alone. So that's another thing. Share it. Don't hold it in. Um, find a community that you can work with and that you feel comfortable and safe in to share everything that's going on. It's a game changer. Um, use your body. Move your body, right? There's so much. There's There's a lot we can do by talking things out and there's more we can do when we get our body into it. So like feel your feelings, mm -hmm. give yourself like a chance to feel your feelings and then do a lot of exploration, understanding what you like. If you don't know what you like, try stuff. You don't yeah. know. Right. So, so all of that are really just like baseline, um, tools to get sort of make a desire list. Listen, everyone listening should get, make a like life desires. Here are all the things I desire in my life. Start getting, start attuning to the practice of getting clear on what you want. I think is another thing. Damn. And do your erotic blueprint. Do your erotic blueprints. Yes. I mean, sex magic sounds super fun. Yes. And like manifesting. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and it sounds like for people who are super interested, they can also do your den. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And the den's coming up in April again, so. 
Okay, where can people find out more about you? You can go to lioness.com, uh, find out everything. Also, Stephanie Redliner on Instagram, lioness on Instagram. So, And we'll tag everything. Amazing. And um, I'm trying to get Stephanie also on TikTok because I feel like you'd have <laughs> such a big community on TikTok. Um, thank you so much for coming. Thank we literally you. It's been so fun. In my mind, I'm like, oh my God, we have like 10 other episodes. We could I know. <laughs> There's so much we could talk about. But um, I feel like I'm bubbling with excitement, honestly, to go do my own pleasure research. So thank you for that. Yeah. And I really am. I'm going to, you know, challenge myself to do something pleasure wise. I honestly might change my evening plans. Like this evening I was like, I canceled social plans and I was like, I need to do emails. And I'm like, maybe I shouldn't do that. No, maybe I no. should take or, a bath and a dance or, party. If you're going to fucking do emails, like how do you do it in like the most pleasurable way? Yeah. Like go to Irie baths or baths. Yeah. Like go like do a sauna something and then like do emails there. Right. Like yeah. or one or the other. Yeah, finding pleasure in everything, leading from the pussy, owning your pussy, and all of that. Thank you so much for listening. As yeah. always, you can find DCP, uh, uh, DCP and Tigress wherever you stream your podcast every single Wednesday. Love you all. Talk to you later. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.